Your ears do not deceive you. You've just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. And uh, it's been over 50 episodes now and I I, I don't think we're going to change the alliterative name that I keep complaining about. Uh, people seem to like it. So and I, I like uh, being able to interview creators, and I like that uh, you folks listen. And I have a fantastic episode. Uh, tonight, we're recording this a few days before Halloween. Uh, I've been reading a, a bunch of horror comics, and um, I am here with Michael Conrad and Noah Bailey. Um, you may know them from two of my favorite uh, horror genre comic books, although... Um, I mean, we can quibble on the the genre specification, but uh, Tremor Dose and uh, Double Walker, and I am so glad to welcome them to the creator, uh, the Cryptid Creator Corner, and talk to them, Michael and Noah. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. Thank Jimmy, you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. We're so happy to be on the Cryptid, um, the Cryptid Creative uh, Christmas Corner. <laughs> I love yeah. the alliterative name. Uh, I won't be able to say it. I'm I. I enjoy drinking beers when I talk to people. Uh, so if I slur, uh, that's why I'm just getting into the vibe. Oh, no, that's fine. Uh, we okay. uh, would, whatever you like to get into, um, uh, to make the conversation go uh, smoother or, or maybe yeah. not. Uh, I, I ramble through these things, um, because I, I'm an attorney, so I, I work all day talking. And then by the time I record right. these at night, I am barely functioning, but I do my best. What I what, what kind I, what, of what, what kind of law do you do? I I'm a personal, you. I'm a personal injury attorney. I need um, you. <laughs> My coccyx is blown out like crazy right now, and I've got a lawsuit pending. Uh, I well, I'll, unfortunately, I don't think I'm in your jurisdiction, but uh, I Maybe probably know somebody who is. Colleagues, yeah, yeah. My um, coccyx is just singing a song right now it's so inflamed well if if you have to get up and walk around that's fine all right <laughs> i'm sitting on one of those donut things you know those donut shaped pillows yeah take some of the tension off my coccyx um yeah uh yeah one uh thank you again for having us it's incredible to be able to talk to people about the stuff that that noah and i do um, it, they take so long to do and we do them alone just the two of us really um, we've worked with uh, letterers and people to help us with design elements of these two books but um, we didn't even have an editor on these things and hopefully that's not super obvious but I think what you end up with is a really genuine representation of the vision that Noah and I share when we get together and we tell one of these, these stories because it's presented, um, both of them were presented initially through comiXology originals, right? They don't show up with an editor who's going to kind of direct you or hold you by the hand and say, Hey, we could strengthen the story by doing this, that, or the other thing. Uh, it's very, um, it's very Spartan. It's, it's, no, and I managed to solve people on, hey, we want to do this kind of book and we want to do this kind of thing. And then months later, they say, okay, give it to us. And 
we'll say, can we have like another couple weeks or whatever, but then we end up getting it to them. And it's very much us, you know, it's, it's us. So if you like right. these books, um, it's pretty much the, the most unfiltered version of us uh, available in, in mainstream publishing, especially, you know, with Dark Horse publishing them as well now. Right. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, like I said, they're originally, both these books originally presented through Comixology Originals. Dark Horse later will typically publish the stuff that we do. Tremor Dose is available uh, in print right now. So if you want to check that out and you haven't checked it out before, that's on the racks from Dark Horse. And Double Walker will be out in December through, through Dark Horse. Yeah, and I want to start with uh, with Tremor Dose. Uh, I want to talk about the books a little bit, and then maybe get a little more into your backstory and how the two of you started working together. But um, for anyone that doesn't know, I'll I'll just say Tremor Dose is uh, really about uh, uh, Jin Morris, uh, who is a, a college student, answers an ad. Have you dreamed this man? And uh, Jin meets with two. I don't know. Individuals that seem like they're doing some type of dream study. This uh, this this person keeps showing up in in Jen Morris's dream, and uh, she's telling them about uh, the dream, and um, it 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 kind of goes on from there as to whether this individual is uh, helpful or harmful. Um, and I, I I'm re- I you know this is like. Halloween's a few days away. This is like the time where where folks are kind of ramping up horror stories. And uh, although I think it's never a bad time to read a good horror story, but I don't, I don't, I'm, I, Double Walker, I think is definitely in that, in that genre. I'm kind of hard pressed to put Tremor Dose in there. I'm not even sure what I would compare Tremor Dose to. It it seems it's such a unique kind of story. And uh, Noah, uh, to to get you in, involved in this, one of the things that is does work really well and is necessary in a horror story, but also works so well with Tremor Dose, is the pacing of it. And it seems so hard to really get the pacing down right because there are certain moments, um, in in particular, for anyone that that's read it, there, Jin tells about a dream with a comet. And you kind of see the crowd in front of Jin, and you see the comet. And then in the the next uh, like panel, which is a larger panel, um, the the man that Jin dreams about is kind of just down like in the corner of it. But there's there's moments like that in terms of the paneling and the pacing that really kind of ratchets up the tension. And you you don't know until Jin explains after the sense that she got if this person was something that scared her or something that was helpful or just like a a presence in the dream. And I thought that's had to be so, well, I would think that as someone with no artistic ability whatsoever, but who has read a lot of comics, I think that that has to be one of the hardest things to try and capture is that type of pacing. And I mean, what was your kind of like uh, approach and and how do you handle those types of things to kind of ratchet up the tension in a, in a book like that? Oh, um, well, Hmm. I think a lot of it's in the script, honestly. Michael does a really good job with pacing and um, 
he really paints a, a pretty clear picture in, in the script a lot of the time. And I think that really the stuff in the, in the dreams that, that, um, that I really enjoyed was like, um, like um, con- continuity between panels where like an object would um, appear in as another object uh, throughout panels and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, <clears throat> hmm. Yeah. Noah, you know, I, Noah's, Noah's being very giving uh, <laughs> in, in, in passing off that kind of credit. Um, it is collaborative. So there is an element of me being directive within the script, but Noah really functions best with, um, with a script that leaves room for him, for him to be able to make judgments. And I think Noah is so incredibly humble and is kind of afraid to say that he's just got a really good eye for, for when to drop something in, for, for when to, for position within a panel, but also for in the greater context of the page and the page turn, which is something that is, is kind of funny because when these things are presented initially on a digital platform like Comixology, kind of the expectation is that people aren't going to have that page turn. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are reading panel by panel on Comixology, or at least that's the sense that I get. That's the way that I do it. Um, so we're really lucky with horror storytelling to be able to have people get one image at a time and not have it spoiled as they're going. The fact that it works in print, um, that's really Noah. Uh, that, is, that isn't as much me. Uh, that's Noah um, actually working and seeing the page in its entirety in the process of doing so and understanding, hey, withholding something uh, in horror is critical. We were, we were once interviewed about our feelings about horror and Noah had the, they said, what's your favorite thing about horror? And the, what a terrible question for one. Like I hate picking oh. favorites. I'm going to, I'm going to strike that from my list. <laughs> Scratch out. No, you can ask that one uh, because it's kind of fun to, to have your ass put to the fire and have to have to pick something. But Noah said dread. And that's what Noah is able to capture in his artwork is he's able to establish dread to feed mm-hmm. you enough to make you say, what the hell is that guy doing there mm. without spelling it out and without whacking right. you over the head with it? Uh, it's subtle. It's subtlety. Man, well, I, I, hope, I, I hope that's true. I, I love you. that the, the, the man that, the, that Jin is, it keeps showing up in this dream. Have you dreamed this man? It, 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 the the smile on his face, quite a, a friendly smile. I mean, I feel like it's a very difficult thing to capture um, a particular static image and be able to not know exactly the 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 emotion that is being portrayed um, because it's it, it can very easily turn to oh he's just a guy smiling oh that's a sinister smile. It really walks a fine line in every single panel, uh, you know, as to at least in the, in the dream panels. And I think it's so effective because then as a reader, you're really focusing on how Jin is then interpreting it after the fact to kind of give it some context because it could very easily go, you know, either way. 
And I think that's just so, and it really uh, informs a lot of the story, if that makes sense. Since you guys wrote the story. (laughs) (laughs) Makes perfect sense to us. Um, Goodreads, some people were quite confused. Uh, Right. To to which I say, well, maybe you need to read it again. Give it another whack and come back with that five star. Um, I think, yeah, I think part of it is, is allowing the reader to make some choices as we go. Um, That's part of why we withhold some of uh, Jen's response to this guy. Uh, We don't want you, we want you to be on the ride with Jen. We want you to like Jen. um, But also we want you to be responding to these dreams and these images in a way that's germane to your experience. So. Mm -hmm. If you see a man smiling at you from across a room, uh, yeah, that can mean a lot of different things. A smile um, doesn't necessarily mean welcoming and kind. It can mean a, a number of things. And, and you're sure. right, Noah just just nailed that that idea of man. A smile means so many different things. What, what what's behind that smile? Right. And I think, you know, I, I'm not going to ask you, uh, either of you to, to talk about any favorites or anything like that, but I, I will say mine, my favorite sequence in Tremor Dose is the cuckoo sequence. It is, I, I, I just, I, I read it five times when I first came to it. I kept going back and reading it again and again, and just soaking in every single panel. I thought it was so well done in terms of the writing and, and the artwork. Um, I just loved it. It was, it's so good. That was my, I'll, I'll, I'll pick a favorite. That was my favorite sequence of Tremor Dose. <laughs> Man, that's, that's, thank you. That's honestly my favorite sequence too. And <laughs> I remember telling Michael when, when he sent me that portion of the script that I was, I mean, I was like, whoa, this is the best shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was so impressed. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah, that means a lot. Well, that's, yeah, you see so much horror. I love animals. I'm vegan. I uh, it, I had a terrible time yesterday. I, I walked to the corner store, and I'm in Portland. There's all these big, beautiful crows everywhere, and I just always love looking at the crows. And I um, saw this one crow, and he looked like he had some junk on his, on his uh, beak. And on on its on his cheeks, mm-hmm. it just looked like he had mud like piled up on him. And the, I looked closer and closer, and I was like, "Oh man, I wish I could just wipe that mud off that that crow." And I was hoping that he was like pecking at something, and I was hoping that the mud would fall off because it was really disturbing looking. It looked like something was growing on on this crow. So I'm just looking at this crow, and I was like trying to figure out can i splash water on it like is it dried on it what is this it was so bizarre uh and then i got closer and i noticed oh it is stuff growing on this crow like these things coming off the beak it was like piles of flesh growing off of it and these bizarre spikes and coming out of the cheeks through the feathers and the plumage was this fleshy dark-skinned like pustules and I was so bothered by it. I, I stared at it for a while and I felt so bad for it. Like, what are these tumors all over this poor bird? I'd never seen it before. 
So I'm like Googling on my phone on the way home and it turns out it had, um, it, it appears to me as if this bird had uh, avian pox, which uh, of course immediately I was like, oh, am I like by being close to this thing, like did it go through the wind and, and am I going to grow these tumors or whatever? But I, it like fucked me up, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like the cuckoo. Uh, nature is full of horror because horror is uh, is is not knowing. It, like this bird wasn't aware that it had this terrible disease. This bird was probably like, "Oh, I, this is just what happens as a bird. This is my body." Um, right. But that that's a thing that's going to kill it. It's mm-hmm. going to die from that terrible disease. Similarly, like the cuckoo which we kind of talk about um, how the cuckoo behaves in the wild. Uh, I don't want to spoil it because it is a cool part in the story, uh, but it, that's just true. You know, that's just what happens in nature and nature is yeah. full of nasty stuff. Like, like an alien, when aliens like pop out of people's chests or whatever, that's like, there's bugs and stuff that actually do that. Like that's part of their natural life cycle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nature is just like, as a, I was, as a kid, there was some, when I was a kid, there was uh something that was very popular called a uh, safari card and your, your parents could get them for you and they'd, they'd mail them to you. And every month you'd get like different, a card that was a picture of an animal and it talked, you know, it did its classification and had a big picture. And then the back of the card were all these facts about the animals. And I, I was always the most bothered by, uh, you know, the insects one, the insect ones, because they tell you about, you know, insects that like that would lay eggs inside another, you know, yeah. insect. And then they would eat it alive from the inside and like all these types of things. And you yeah. realize that, yeah, nature is man. Nature's rough. <laughs> nature, yeah, nature is, is this is a bot fly. It's going to lay yeah. its maggot in your skin and send a little snorkel out to breathe every now and then until it hatches out of your own flesh. Yeah. That's, that's scary stuff. So, yeah, we wanted to capture, We, you're right, we weren't trying to write a horror story with Tremor Dose, um, but there's horrific elements. And I've, I've had people say, like, oh, you did a story about dreams. Um, but all the dreams in it seem very grounded. Um, and that's, that's by, by way of choice. And that's because I don't dream typically like fantastical stuff. I don't dream about myself with a giant sword slaying a Balrog and, and right. you know, being in this fantastic world. I have these anxiety dreams and like something like the, um, the cuckoo dream and the cuckoo sequence. That's about as weird as my dreams get. Uh, they aren't all directly pulled from my own dream time life, but um, mm-hmm. many of these are dreams that I've either had or I've had versions of them. And I think that a lot of them are fairly common dreams. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's some... I, I think the, the groundwork, the base, is something that I think a lot of folks can relate to. And then it's uh, the direction it takes it um there were a couple of little touches in tremor dose before we move on to, to double walker that i was curious about because um you know uh, trying to pay attention to little things and i love that it opens up with like the uh 
what is it? A Mar- There's a Marcel uh, Proust quote, um, at which uh, you know about dreams, and it, it kind of sets the stage a tiny bit. Um, but then also, I thought the this the sequence with with, with Jin's father, um, that Robert Johnson song, uh, it, it's going to be raining outdoors. I just thought it was such a an interesting, you know, like an interesting pull. And and and, and I mean, I think other individuals have covered that song. I think it's I think it was originally a Robert Johnson one, but I just thought that was such an interesting, like pull in terms of uh being in the dream how it was used like what it what it did to set the scene the effect it had on gin it was just so so odd but so effective and i just love little touches like that to kind of dig into well what is this is this something you know michael wrote or noah suggested is this like an actual song and to kind of dig into that and like well what what is why is that showing up in here you know that's a yeah. song from like 1936. <laughs> I'm glad you caught it. Um, I think a lot of people just think it's kind of yammering nonsense. <clears throat> in fact, there's a lot of things in Tremor Dose that I think people, um, we, we willfully didn't spell things out for people um, because we wanted that. David Lynch calls it room to dream. And David mm-hmm. Lynch is a huge influence on, on myself as well as Noah. And I think you see David Lynch like all over Tremor Dose. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, th- we wanted a subtext to it, to the story that, to, to my mind, kind of the A plot of Tremor Dose. And this isn't going to spoil anything for anyone because most people don't pick it up anyway. Um, is about uh, Jen's childhood <clears throat> and the type of family that she grew up in. And um, and about religion being a, a really big part of her childhood, and about um, a choice that she made not long before this story kicks off mm-hmm. that put that kind of put her at odds with her family. And I'm not going to say what that choice was, um, but there there's a lot of hints within the book as to um, what might have kind of made her relationship with her family kind of tough, right? Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, we, we got other stuff in there that we kind of slipped. Noah was so great about stuff like this. Like the script would say, oh, there's a, um, there's a, there's a photograph on the wall in the, in it's or a painting or an image of a person's face on the wall. And then later on that face changes to uh, the man from her dreams uh, as kind of like a little wink like hey she's dreaming right here Mm -hmm. and i had often described this interview room as looking like the um the police station in twin peaks uh with kind of like wood paneling and kind of like not not really like the most um it's not like a high class college or whatever it's in new hampshire which is where i'm from originally um and noah brilliantly had that he was like, hey, did you see who I put on, on the wall? And it was President Harry S. Truman, <laughs> uh, famously the person who, you know, dropped the, dropped the nukes. But also uh, Harry Truman was the name of the sheriff in Twin Peaks. So it's 
there's tons of stuff like that throughout <laughs> throughout this book where it's kind of like little winks and nods to things that we love. And a lot of it was like Noah and I showing off for each other, like trying to see right. little Easter eggs for each other. That's most well, of it, really. <laughs> well, that you know, that, that's a good place to to kind of segue into um how did the two of you first start like working together? How did that how did you meet? How did that come about? This is like when you meet those two creatures and one always tells the truth and the other always lies. <laughs> we have two different stories. Noah, why don't you tell the true one? Well, this if is, I'm the one that always lies, then, um, then this, this is how I, I remember yeah. it to be. I was a big fan of uh, the Forever Midnight podcast and um, he would be on there occasionally. <clears throat> and he was that's a, so that's a podcast that does like horror movie reviews right okay. yeah they're a great right. podcast and uh he would be on there and anytime he was on the show i just thought he was hilarious and uh so i just started following him on <clears throat> social media i added him on facebook and i was like this dude's so cool and then i saw <laughs> that he did comics and then he ended up following me back and uh, he reached out to me and asked me if I would want to do a book with him, um, just like a self-published 50-page uh, deal. And we talked about it for a while. And uh, I think that was 2016 or 17. When was that? It might Somewhere. have been a little bit before that. Um, because, we, yeah, that was that. Noah's not lying. Why would Noah lie? <laughs> that, that is how it happened. Um, <laughs> more or less. Although I remember myself like tracking down Noah, like like a like a wolf chasing, like just seeing like blood drops in the woods, and seeing like this this kid's amazing. I gotta get with this kid. Um, at the time, uh, I had made a couple like zines and mini comics, and I was like doing my own thing, all out of my own pocket. No one was reading any of this stuff. It was like I'd make the first time I ever made a mini comic. I I think I printed like a thousand or two thousand, <laughs> thinking like, oh, yeah, that's normal. Uh, <laughs> I ended up throwing out boxes of these things uh, because I would they would sell like I'd sell like a dozen then give a dozen away and then be ashamed of it and hide it. Um, uh. So I hit up Noah and I said, Hey, uh, will you get involved in a financial suicide pact with me where we get together and we will do whatever kind of book you want to do. I'll pay to print it and all this stuff. Um, and all you have to do is you have to like draw the whole damn thing. <laughs> That'll be easy, right? <laughs> um, so we kind of beat around a couple ideas. Tremorous was the one that we landed on. Noah named it. I love that name. I'll forever love that name. Um, and we did, yeah, we did like 40 or 50 pages of it, all with the intention of we're gonna, we're just gonna print this thing. <clears throat> and try and hustle it at zine fests and stuff like that. Um, and around that time I had met Chip Mosier, who at the time was running Comixology, uh, their originals line, which had gotten onto my radar because my friend Jeremy Holt did a book with them uh, called Virtually Yours. 
which is a very different book. And um, he had already been under contract with them like for a year by the time we got with them. And our book ended up strangely coming out before, um, before virtually yours did not because we were exceptionally fast, but um, that's just kind of the way that it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I couldn't believe that Comicsology was willing to take a chance on like, neither of us had any credits at the time. Like it was in the process of working on uh, tremor dose for Comicsology that I ended up uh, co-writing something for Marvel and co-writing an issue of doom patrol. Um, but I mean, those things don't equate to people caring about these strange books that we do elsewhere. You know, we, I, mm-hmm. I think we believed it would, I think we were like, Oh yeah. Like, I wrote some doom patrol and now everyone's going to care about this weird book. That's got nothing to do with anything and doesn't have DC on the title and isn't with robot man and all them. Um, so in many ways it was like, it was humbling, but also like, we got exactly what we wanted out of this. We got to tell a story without people telling us how to do it. And we got like just enough money for it that, um, that we felt briefly rich. We were like, Oh, (laughs) this is unbelievable. In hindsight, the money that we got was like laughable. Like there's people in the indie sphere who if I had told them what we got for it and how much we celebrated, Mm -hmm. uh, they would be like, dude, why didn't you just kickstart that or something? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there there has to be though, regardless of what money you got for it. And you, you, I think for me hit the nail on the head with, you got to do it like your way in your book, the two of you. I mean, because when you try and think like, Oh, I read uh, this story and it was like a little like something else. And it's a little different. It's somebody's own take on it. I I think I'm hard pressed to kind of put Fremdos in a box with like other comics. Um, which I loved it more because you read it and I read it and I wanted, you know, read it a second time. I think the first time I read it, I read it like twice in a row and I read it again last night and I still discovered new things in it and I loved it. It's weird and it's different and I don't know exactly what it means. And I, I like that. It's not telling me exactly what it's about. And I like finding little things like the Robert Johnson song or, you know, um, some little detail in the background. I like picking up on those and feeling like I, I, I discovered something new and it's a story that you can read again. And it changes every time. It's also a little bit about what you bring to it. Not every comic does that. I mean, I like all kinds of comics, superheroes and whatever it, it might be, but you know, sometimes you read one of those and that's it. You read a story, you read a nice story. It was a fun time, but I don't always you can't always dig in and discover some different things. And sometimes yeah. the meaning doesn't change. And I like that about Tremor Dose. For me, well, I, thank one, you. one of the things I really like about it. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Noah and, I, Noah and I are such <laughs> horror fans um, that I think horror kind of shows up a little bit in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but we were so, we were mortified when we found out like, oh, uh, Comixology, when it was initially released, and I think it's still kind of uh, under this umbrella, if you were to look for it on Amazon or something, it's like 
it was marketed as a horror book and that's kind of like the the label that got put on it and we were so embarrassed by that we were like this isn't horror like well, we didn't we didn't have a genre in mind for it yeah um, but we would we would have never called it horror on our own uh it, it's that's it, that would be embarrassing because like it it just doesn't we don't know that it reads that way which led to us when we were doing our our next book with comicsology we said oh they're they're going to market it as horror even if it's just a story about a girl and dreams and commercials in her dreams or, or whatever right. we're doing. <laughs> um, no matter what they're gonna they're gonna do horror so let's give them a let's give them a horror story let's give them right. something mean mean spirit and, and bleak yeah. and that's where double walker uh that's why double walker is the book that it yeah. is uh and I, I real quick though i i um yeah, I didn't mean to, you know, malign the book at all by, you know, re- lumping it in a, as horror. Uh, I said no, it's no, no. kind of hard, hard pressed to put it in that box. Uh, it, you mentioned commercials and dreams, and that's funny because I take <laughs> notes as I as I read, and like I think my third note was, "Is this about capitalism?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's certainly an element of that, right? Um, no. We're happy. We're happy to have people um, identify it as like whatever genre they're feeling when they're reading yeah. it. Um, we just didn't want people to think like, "Oh, uh, this is how Noah and Michael think they're going to scare an audience." Uh, there's scary things in there, but I mean, there's scary things in in lots of great media that is oh, sure. said to be horror. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's cool. Like Noah and I love that um, people have different relationships with it, and if if being horrified is one of them, then then cool. But yeah, we definitely with Double Walker, it was a, with more willful intent that we showed up, and we were like, "This is going to have a horror label on it. It's going to be a horror thing. Let's let's make it uh, willfully, intentionally scary." Right, and so. For anyone who's listening who hasn't read Double Walker, um, I think as Michael said in the beginning, it's going to be out in print in December. Um, but uh, Double Walker is a story of a, an American couple who are kind of taking a trip, a vacation in the Scottish Highlands, uh, Cully and uh, Gemma, and mm-hmm. kind of what what happens to them um, when uh, some frightening things start happening happening in the in the town and trying to figure out what exactly is going on there's certainly an element of uh the the some scottish folk tales and the fae and um it, that one yes i think is definitely much more grounded in terms of uh, the horror and um and terrifying i uh i read it way too late last night and didn't sleep very well uh, even though I'd read it before, um, there's a couple of things that are just so, so, you know, disturbing in it. Uh, and, uh, you know, both of your credits, but to Noah's credit, I mean, I, or, I, or maybe I don't know in terms of the design, especially towards the last, I don't know, 20 to 30 pages, like just some of the really tough looking visceral stuff, some of the, uh, the, the, the the visuals are very disturbing and um i mean really 
like heightened stuff and creepy stuff that is I think is really, really tough to pull off in a comic, especially you use a lot Noah with like shadow with just like eyes and the darkness. And it is scary. <laughs> I mean, do you do you I mean, not that you don't enjoy doing that, but I mean, do you does uh does that come like kind of naturally to you? Like, do you like gravitate towards this is the stuff I like to do, this is the stuff I like to draw? Um, you know, no, not really. I don't think, I don't think that it does. I think I, uh, I think the, when I know when I have the right image, because I picture the scene and I picture something that would give me chills if I were to see it in a film and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to like, uh, that's the, one of the last scenes in the kitchen with uh, Gemma where she's alone after Coley left the house, you know, um, uh, I was just imagining myself, you know, being alone in a house with a corpse and, uh, Oh, sorry. I totally just ruined that. Didn't I? I'm sorry. No, uh, <laughs> I don't think be, you ruined it. It's going to be, yeah. You, you, no one knows I, the context of it. It's funny. I mean, I'm yeah. just, uh, yeah. So I just imagine myself, uh, like the chills I would get like upon seeing something like that. And um, I think that uh, I, some of it's not fun to draw really. Like it's it, like, it's, it disturbed me a lot, a few of the parts and um, shadows help a lot with that really, because uh, it doesn't have to be so gruesome, you know, like, I mean, uh, mm -hmm. I think it's one thing like uh, sometimes showing like really gnarly gore, but um, some of it's kind of sensitive. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, when you're up late at night drawing it by yourself for 16 hours, it's kind of like, oh, God, I feel sick. Need a bath. Yeah. Does some, yeah of it get to, does some of it get to you in terms of like uh, when you are up late at night drawing it? Is it just more like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get this done and knock this out? Or do you ever like kind of like creep yourself out a little bit like oh yeah 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 especially like sometimes you know i really like i, I luckily i've done it enough now where i don't think i need reference but um at at certain points sometimes i was like man what kind of what's under there you know um and uh what what exactly would that look like split open and it's uh sometimes you go <laughs> fishing for those those images and then you're like wow i just ruined my whole night you know uh. <laughs> but uh, uh. part of the part of the hard thing about <clears throat> telling a story like double walker is um we had to make the reader hopefully care about uh these characters because it's these characters and their well-being that's at stake um and then to in some cases uh treat them really poorly uh, to treat them in a way that um if it felt gross to write, it felt gross to see Noah's art uh, really outstandingly, like you say, uh, to capture this, the, the violence and to capture the callous, uh, that moment where somebody turns from a character that you've been writing with into a body. They go mm -hmm. from, hi, I'm here and you care about me to being just a body. Uh, that's like the that's horror again in real life. It's what, if you've ever been 
around someone who's dying or having uh, viewed uh, uh, someone who's recently deceased and you have, I, I don't know about y'all, but I've had that moment where it's just like, man, that's not, that's not that person that I knew anymore. Right. And doing, yeah. <laughs> creating somebody in your head and living with them for days and weeks and months and sometimes years and then killing them in the book. Um, it's fucked up. Like, like I'm not, I, I'm not trying to make this thing seem mystical or something. Like I right. kind of hate when creators are like, Oh, like, they, they act like they're doing something arcane. No, it's, it's really just based on um, compassion, you know, the, and in, in what these stories remind us of in the, in the places that they, they have us go. Mm-hmm. And Noah did it, does it so well, unfortunately, that it's like, okay, Noah, in this next one, like, it's going to be about, like, this this terrible thing. I got another terrible thing for you, Noah. Right. Well, you know. Yeah, I mean, oh, no, go ahead. Please. Oh, no, you know, it. I, I mean, we did a short story for a, a horror magazine called Deborah, and um, that one is is so gruesome and i mean it's it's really fun like it's fun stuff you know but uh mm-hmm. yeah once again it is kind of like holy shit i can't believe i've been drawing this for this long <laughs> you know <laughs> the, mag- the magazine's called infinite horrors and i think you can track it down it's infinite horrors issue one um, okay and i remember when we submitted the pitch for it they were like this is like kind of too horrific Right. We thought it was infinite. <laughs> like, did we reach the end of infinity? You're going to have to. You're going to have to change your name to finite horror, sir. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's it's for like again for anyone listening who hasn't read Double Walker, it's it's not just some of if, if you like some some gore and some gruesome things, you're going to find plenty to love in this. But for me, it wasn't always just that. Um, it. it I really, uh, I really liked in terms of Michael, in terms of the script. I really liked how with the our, the main couple, n- nobody's like, there's no villain, there's nobody who you're like rooting against. They they both there's some crappy decisions or made at a certain point, but they're nobody's awful. It's not some like slasher film where the the the, the where Jason is killing people because they're not paying attention as camp counselors it's not like some lesson in in morality so to speak but um yeah i really felt for the characters and i really i liked them and um it's it to see what they kind of go through and to kind of as it goes on to get towards the end to kind of like question like what is really taking place is very effective um you know but Noah, i i felt the real strength in terms of the artistry of the book uh, were your close up of the faces and the eyes, whether or not there was life in those eyes or there wasn't, or there was something else going on that bothered me more than almost any other visual. It, uh, I really, really kind of connected with that aspect of it and, uh, it helped draw me in, creep me out. Um, but you know, I got through it late last night. So just <laughs> <laughs> like my third time, I think it was the, my third reading of it. <laughs> Oh man, thank you so much. That's awesome. Yeah, that's like a I don't know, that's like a tough thing to get 
some of those facial expressions and uh, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I, I, I worry a lot that I'm not capturing it correctly, but I'm, it's always nice to hear that, that it connects. So thank you so much. Well, yeah, one it's, um... I think that one thing that Noah does well is Noah can like render things um, in like photorealistic quality. Um, but also like you, Noah made the choice to really dial it back um, <clears throat> particularly like with the way that Cully is represented throughout the story. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of like the uh, understanding comics thing where it shows like <clears throat> a smiley face and then it's slightly more rendered, more rendered, more rendered until you get to a photograph. And with, with taking away some of these, um, these oblique characteristics, uh, Noah allows us as the reader, when we see this, um, the simplified representation of a human face, uh, perhaps to project ourselves onto that a bit. Really smart move. Not the move that I would have made. Not at all. In right. fact, when Noah first showed me his character designs, part of me wanted to be like, no, I think, I think you should probably like draw this more. I draw more of it. And I'm so glad I didn't do it. I'm so glad that I just shut mm -hmm. up and trusted my partner um, because it's really one of the smartest moves in the comic. And it's part of the reason why when, um, when you see like these close-ups of their expressions, why your, your mind fills in the gaps, you go into, yeah. that, um, into that spot. It's really powerful mm -hmm. stuff. No, very. It, yeah, it is. Absolutely. Um, uh, in terms of some of the other characters in double Walker, I, I, Maybe it was because it was late last night, but I did kept thinking the uh, bartender or the owner of the pub was, was Jack Kirby. And I was just, <laughs> I was he, like, he does look a lot like Jack. Uh, that, that would be sick. No, you did kind of base the bartender off of somebody. Didn't you tell me at one point that he was like loosely inspired by an actor? Or something? Oh, it's like a, it's, it's a few different people, but, um, I think initially I was picturing him as um, I can't think of the actor's name, but he played a bartender in um, uh, in a scene in uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, and then he was in the movie Cul de Sac. Uh, I I kind of originally based him off of that that character actor, but um, yeah, there were a few other people. I, I'd have to go through my sketchbooks to to find it, but I, I think out of the detectives. Um... There's a detective named Chloe, uh, who's named after our friend from Austin, uh, okay. Chloe Brailsford. Uh, also, Cully, uh, the the main character or the the lead male, uh, is named after Cully Hamner, who's a great comic artist uh, mm -hmm. and, and a good friend. I, I asked him for permission to use his name because I loved his name. <clears throat> he was like, "Yeah, sure, I don't care. I don't think he knew that." Like, it was going to be this <laughs> terrible of a story. <laughs> right. Such a sweet person. Um, but yeah, I think with, with the character Chloe, I think it's one of those moments where I rarely was, was like, Hey, I, I like, imagine this character being played by Tilda Swinton. And really I should just have like all of my scripts should have like across the top. Like just imagine all the characters played by Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Because I love Tilda Swinton's work so much. Yeah, that's too. such a great, 
that's such a great note. <laughs> Just imagine <laughs> everyone plays by Tilda Swift. Um, oh, here's something I wanted to ask about, particularly. I noticed it both in Tremor Dose and Double Walker. Um, and it's just a weird thing, uh, but there's a time that shows up on the alarm clock. 6.16 a.m. shows up in, in both books. And I don't know if there's any like particular significance as to why that time, 6.16 a.m., w- showed up in both. And if, if it gives something away that I didn't pick up on, then don't tell me. Uh, don't answer it. But there was a, the reason I asked is there was a, a point in my life in law school where for months on end, without an alarm, I woke up every morning at 6.16. And it went on for months and months and months. And I don't know why. Didn't matter what time I went to bed. Always woke up, always would wake up, look at the clock. First thing would be a 616. And I just thought it was such an odd thing that it showed up in both. And I didn't know if I was supposed to pick up on something in terms of that connection, or it was just like, oh, we used 616 in Tremendous. We're going to use it again in, in Double Walker. But um, that might that might have been the case. Uh, I don't want to, it seems like a lot of times when I look at the, at the clock, it's 424. And growing up, those were the first three numbers of my phone number. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of like ingrained in, in, my, in my mind. Um, <clears throat> in Tremor Dose, there is a reason for it. And in Double Walker, the reason is because Tremor Dose happened. So like <laughs> 616 six, six okay. shows up in Double Walker as like a, as a, like a cheeky, like, hey, look at that. Um, Whereas in, in Tremor Dose, um, people think that 666 is the number of the devil. Um, but that's like, there's a lot of uh, argument about that. And in fact, mm-hmm. the number of the devil is said to be 616, which is why the Marvel Universe is called the 616. Because okay. uh, Alan Moore was like, oh, it's hell. <laughs> like, the Marvel <laughs> Universe is hell. Um, <laughs> so with the religious with the religious subtext of tremor dose sure uh, any anytime there's a number in tremor dose there's a huge math equation uh in when she has a dream about being in a classroom and i think right. that i think the if you were to do that math equation it comes out to 616 or 666 um yeah so with double walker um yeah it was just also there's a moment little where nod. Yeah, there's a moment where um, Kelly wakes up and he's wearing a shirt that's got a logo for the Somni Corporation, which is uh, from uh, Tremor Dose as well. So right. they exist in the same uh, in the same Bailey verse, the Noah Bailey verse. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. those little things. Those are, I mean, those are fantastic. Um, so well, I don't want to keep uh, you you gentlemen here all night because I will and, and talk to you about uh, how much I like both books and whatever else uh, comes comes our way. But, um, you know, just in terms of uh, what else, uh, anything else you can talk about? I mean, I know, Michael, you have uh, your hands in a, a lot of different books over at D.C. And I think you're working on Exo Mano. Man of War, is that right? Um, That's right, yeah. With with Liam Sharp, who's uh, who's another artist like Noah, who has um, he's got like the uh, 
a very unique and characteristic style. I think mm-hmm. with like, so it's weird, right? Cause I, I work on wonder woman and Batgirls and a number of other things for DC. <clears throat> and there's certainly like a house style over there. And we see right. artists who deviate from that. Um, but sometimes like someone like Noah or someone like Liam, it's like, they're, it's like too artful. It's like too, like, these are people who can do traditional, uh, like kind of house style stuff. But to my mind, um, they're at their best when they're, when they're being as wild as, as they can be. So yeah, with, with Exo Manowar, um, through Valiant, uh, there was some discussion early on about whether Liam was going to do like a more traditional uh, comic book style or do his like wild painterly style. And I'm so right. glad that we're doing the wild painterly style. Noah and I always have like another thing coming. Like we're we're just hustlers like that. Like part of it's we're afraid if we stop moving that we'll like drown or something. We're like sharks. Mm-hmm shark has to move through the water or dies right uh, people think of it as like oh that's the sharks are so aggressive no it's like the gills won't work if they stop swimming so <laughs> yeah, it's like it, yeah it's not cool it's not like oh wow they're such apex predators it's no they don't want to die and right. so that's kind of noah and i with making comics i'll let noah tell you about the tons of stuff that he is working on we've noah and i have a very secret project we're we're doing something with a character that we don't own, but it's a character that I guarantee every one of your listeners knows about. Oh, awesome! Many, many, many love them, um, and it's connected with a major film. Uh, so that's about. I just tickled y'all's <laughs> ass with a feather on that one. <laughs> that's uh very exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah, Noah, what other stuff, uh, what do you, uh, what do you, that you can tell me about? Um, okay. <laughs> um, I have a, uh, I started a, a magazine, I guess you would call it, with um, a publisher, uh, this great uh, small publisher called uh, uh, Strangers Fanzine, and they put out really great stuff, and uh, I'm, I'm, the first issue should be coming out soon. It's called Diabolical. And um, each issue is like a story written by um, a writer that I illustrate. And then uh, another story that is just entirely done by me. And then... Um, awesome. Yeah, that's been a lot of fun. That's been like a different creative outlet, you know. And then mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I've done a lot of short stories this year. I did uh, a story with... Uh, joe donahue for his new magazine called murky which was really fun it's a horror magazine and then um i'm working on a few stories with uh craig mccurdy um and um craig heard mckinney mckinney what did i call him craig mccurdy mccurdy that's like what he signs into that's like his uh, his pseudonym when he doesn't want people to know which hotel he's at. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Heard McKenney. He's going to fucking kill me for fucking up this We yeah. love Craig. So Craig he's runs, fantastic. Headless, he runs Headless Shakespeare Press. 
he does okay. tons of incredible stuff. Yeah, um, right. he's somebody that like you. If you aren't aware of his work, do do look him up. I've done stuff with Craig. Uh, the stuff that Noah's working on is it called Station Station Grand? Yeah, that's one of the books. It's called Station Grand. Yeah, and that's like a sci-fi horror book. It's about um, insomnia. So how cool is that? You did a book right. about cool. dreams. And now you're doing a book about not being able to have dreams. Right. And then you know, I love uh, that. But Craig is just like an in- incredibly talented writer. And yeah, so we're doing another. Um, the other project we're doing is just for my magazine. We're doing a a story for that together. But um, yeah, Noah and then, I have another graphic novel coming. We do. Um, we just Noah's got to quit doing so much with all these other lovers and, and stick <laughs> with the real one. <laughs> these other lovers. No, it's I'm just such a huge fan of Noah that um, that I, I'm I'm excited that Noah continues to do this yeah. thing because drawing comics is is awful. It really know he's going to put down his pen for the last time and just become a writer because Noah's an equally talented storyteller. Um, so everyone that he works with should just be feel lucky. You know, I got to say that uh, I don't know if it's just the amount of time we've been working together or if we're just meant to be, but it really does feel that way. Every time that we work on a project together, it just feels so right. I, I mean, like, there's never anything that I'm like, eh, this sucks, you know. It's, it's a, I'm always very excited right away. And uh, I don't know. I think we just, we gel like that. Well, the feeling's well, that's mutual. Awesome. And I, I, think, I think we're at our best when, when we're with Jimmy. So, Jimmy, you're coming with us. Right. Oh, just thank you. With yeah. You're going to live with us now. Anytime you want to come back and talk any other projects, please, please. Please oh, let absolutely. me know. Thank you. What, the, the first, the first project you mentioned, Noah. The what was it? The, the Strangers fanzine. Oh yeah, Strangers v- fanzine is a is a when is, is an, um I you know what it got pushed back so I'm not entirely sure of the of the release date but um if you follow them on social media they'll post updates because he just had they had a move across the country and uh, some some it kind of messed with some of their business uh, stuff so. But um, okay. yeah, that that first issue is coming out, and uh, I'm really diabolic? excited. Diabolical. Diabolical. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll make sure to track it down and put links in the show notes when we uh, when we post this for all your social media and uh, any other projects, so people can uh, can find you uh, oh, and, and awesome. find the Thank stuff. Because so I, I I mean I I love I love your art style. I absolutely love it. I don't I don't know if anybody is doing something quite like what you're doing. And um I think it's fantastic. So man, yeah, I hope everyone checks it out. Did you, did I can't tell you how much Noah, I appreciate that. Nobody even drew Wonder Woman fantastically. Uh we did we did a short for Wonder Woman Black and Gold in issue six. And uh it was so incredible for me to see mm-hmm. uh Wonder Woman who's somebody who I have spent a lot of time with at this point to see her drawn by one of my favorite artists. Um, so yeah, inc- incredible. Follow follow Noah on social media. He's at Boyish Death Tribe on Instagram. 
And on Twitter, it's boyish death, but he doesn't go on Twitter very often. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just at Michael W. Conrad. Jimmy, what's yours? Where can they follow Jimmy you? Jimmy Gasparro. Just my name, Jimmy Gasparro. That's me. Yeah, on Twitter. He's a lawyer. He'll sue your ass. <laughs> That's right. I talk uh, about your comics. Your, and your cock six will be going. I feel like I got, I got to give a shout out to Craig for butchering his name, but it, it's at Headshake on Instagram. Follow follow at. All Sunshine. right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I got to give a big shout out as well. Uh, my man, uh, Rizza. Jizza. No old man, dirty Rizza. Uh, old dirty. Masticate. Uh, um, the chef. All of them. Wu Tang. Wu Tang. for the children. They, they're for everyone. Jimmy, thank you for having us, dude. Uh, thank we you very get much. Back, we want to get back with you later, especially when um, this next project is made made public. And you'll, <laughs> I think everyone will be very surprised about what we've been working on. It's so weird. It's going to be cool. No. Yeah, please. Please let me know and we'll. We'll set this up again and and talk and chat and anything we didn't talk about last time. Because uh, I know, uh, real quick, but because, Michael, I, I wanted to ask you, I thought, did you have a story in um, one of the Superman red and blue? Yeah. Blue and I red. Superman red, uh, red and blue. I forget which issue, but it, I, it was, I thought it was number it was a five. Maybe I'll, I'll look it up and put it in there because no, I'm it, a, a Bizarro is one of my favorite DC characters of, of all time. And uh, so I would love a good uh, I love a good Bizarro story. I think I, I went to a con and uh, I think I specifically went to see like Louise Simonson because she had done like one of the like, Superman, one of the Man of Steels that had Bizarro in it. And I wanted her to sign it. And just I'm a huge, big Bizarro fan. so. Really love that story. Uh, I love Bizarro too. I've got a mini series that I'm that I'm trying to get DC to to pick up. Uh, that's that's a, a Bizarro story. Uh, but yeah, that's that uh, Superman Red and Blue. Um, that's actually drawn by Cully Hamner, uh, who weird uh, interconnectivity there. Cully, who, yeah. Uh, we named the character in Double Walker after, and he killed I'm that actually, shit too. Uh, yeah, he's, he's yeah, that was great. Um, yeah. uh, well, thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. I'll put in the show notes uh, links to everything. But please, 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 if anyone is listening to this and has not read Tremor Dose and Double Walker, as soon as you're done, I, I, I they're still available. I think on Comicsology Originals, or um, they're being in print by. Uh, by Dark Horse, Tremor Dose is out. Uh, Double Walker will be out. Well worth your time. And um, I just really, really appreciate uh, both uh, Michael and Noah being here to talk about two of my favorite books. Um, so this was a real treat for me. And um, thank you both. Uh, so for uh, Comic Book Yeti's Cryptic Creator Corner, again, I'm Jimmy Gasparro. If you like this and like to listen to my barely coherent ramblings with incredible creators you know do all the things they tell you to do like us and subscribe and tell your friends and uh and uh and keep listening um because there'll be more we're going to keep doing this until they tell me i'm not allowed anymore
Um, so, all right. So thank you, Michael. And, uh, and, and thank you, Noah. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks everybody. Thank all you. Right. Until next time. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.